16 Tamuz, Tes Zayin Tamuz, Tzadik, His Conversations, 446. The Sunday after Shabbat Nachamu, 5569, 1809. We were standing with the Rebbe when a funeral procession passed in front of the windows of his house. The people in the procession were crying and wailing as people do at funerals. The Rebbe said, Presumably, the dead man is laughing in his heart at the way they are crying over him. When someone dies, people cry over him as if to say, How good if you have if you had lived in this world even longer and suffered even more trials and torments, and then you would have had even more bitterness. I said to the Rebbe, But surely even there he won't have relief from suffering because he was not sufficiently righteous to escape the pain of Gehenim and the torment of the grave. If so, then he will suffer there also. The Rebbe replied, But at least this will be the end of his pain and suffering, because once he will have gone through what he has to go through, he will enjoy the reward for whatever he did achieve in this world in the way of good deeds. I pressed the Rebbe further and said, But surely there is such a thing as reincarnation. It could be that he will have to be reincarnated again in this world. And if so, what has he gained by dying now and leaving the troubles of this world behind? The Rebbe replied, If he wants, he can put up a stubborn argument there and say that he does not want to be reincarnated again in any shape or form so as to return to this world. I said, However much he may not want to be reincarnated, how will it help him? It will most certainly help him, replied the Rebbe, if he puts up a stubborn argument and says, Do whatever you want with me here, down to the very last detail. Only let me not have to return to Olam Hazed, the physical world, again, in any form of reincarnation. Just finish everything here. He can certainly achieve this. I pressed the Rebbe again and again on this point, asking if it can really help. And he said that it would certainly help, so long as the dead man remains firm with his pleading. I took what the Rebbe said very seriously, and made a point of fixing it in my mind so as not to forget it. I hope I will be able to remember it in the world to come, and to make this plea before the heavenly tribunal, in order to be saved from reincarnation. No matter what might happen to me, for I do not know which path they are taking me by, Brachot 28b, it will still be better than being reincarnated and having to be exposed to the danger of this world with all its vanities. From this time on, may God bring us back to Him with perfect repentance in accordance with His desire. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom His Wisdom 196 On the previous Thursday, 25 Tishrei, the famed tzaddik and holy light Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev passed away. Friday night was the Shabbat of Bereshit, and the Rebbe revealed the lesson in the beginning before the eyes of all Israel. In this lesson, the Rebbe spoke of the glory of Israel. He said that when a tzaddik passes away, this glory of Israel is eclipsed. News of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak's passing did not reach us until the following Monday. When the Rebbe revealed this lesson, we had no idea of his inference. When we later heard of the passing of this great tzaddik, we then understood the Rebbe's meaning. The lesson speaks of the eclipse of the glory of Israel, a title that the Rebbe had often given to Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, 
who also spoke of him as the attribute of tefillin. Etrogim had not been available that year, and only arrived miraculously at the last moment. See his wisdom number 125. The Rebbe said that he knew Etrogim would come, for he trusted in the tzaddikim of our generation, particularly in the great tzaddik, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, the glory of our congregation. Yimei Mohanat, number 38. Therefore, it is obvious that with divine inspiration, the Rebbe revealed in that lesson that the sainted Rabbi Levi Yitzchak had passed on. Look carefully into this lesson and you will see that it all speaks about this. Search and you will find the Aleph Bet book. A righteous person. A. 138. Seeing the face of the tzaddik sharpens the mind. 139. Whoever protects the tzaddik from suffering merits respect and will benefit from the tzaddik's righteousness. 140. By hearing a Torah lesson from a tzaddik, one receives vitality. 141. A wicked person who has sinned often can make amends by doing things that bring vitality to the tzaddik. 142. When a wicked person humbles himself before the tzaddik, clearly some punishment had been decreed against the tzaddik, but now that punishment will no longer come. 143. When you fear the tzaddik, you merit turning away from evil. 144. When a wicked person prays for mercy on behalf of a tzaddik who is in pain, he merits standing at the gates of the righteous. 145. The Holy One will sometimes ignore the tzaddik's prayers in order to push aside the wicked so that they will remain with their evil ways. Lesson number 282. I will sing to God with the little I have left. Psalms 146.2 1. When a person begins to look at himself and he sees that he is far from good and full of sins, he can then become discouraged as a result and he will be totally unable to pray. Therefore, he is obligated to look for, to seek, and to find in himself some little bit of remaining good. For how is it possible that he never did a single mitzvah or good thing in his life? And although when he begins to look at this good thing that he did, he sees that the good thing itself is full of blemishes and imperfections, for the good in it is intermingled with ulterior motives and much impurity, nevertheless, how is it possible that this little bit of good does not contain some good point? A person must continue to look and to seek in this fashion until he finds some other good thing in himself. And even though this good thing is also intermingled with much impurity, all the same, in any case, it does contain some good point. Thus, a person must keep looking and seeking until he finds further good points in himself. And by finding some merit and good in himself, he thereby actually moves from the side of guilt to the side of merit, and he will be able to return to God. With this approach, a person will be able to revive himself and to cheer himself, however he may be, and then he will be able to pray, to sing, and to give thanks to God. For in most cases, when a person stands up to pray to God, all of the bad things he has done then enter his mind, and as a result he becomes disheartened and is unable to pray with the proper eagerness and vitality. Therefore, a person must revive himself before praying by looking for, seeking, and finding good points in himself, 
and then he will be able to pray as he should. 2. A person must be extremely careful to follow the pathway outlined in this lesson, because it is a fundamental principle and a major foundation for anyone who wishes to draw close to God and not to waste his life completely, God forbid. For the most important thing is to distance oneself from depression and melancholy as much as possible, since most people who are far from God are that way because of melancholy and depression. The reason for their depression is the discouragement they feel when they themselves see the enormity of their imperfections and that most of their actions are no good, as each person deep down knows his own heart's affliction and pain. Because of this, they become discouraged, and they give up on themselves completely, may God save us. Then they do not pray with any concentration or feeling, and they do not even do what they are still capable of doing in the service of God. Therefore, a person must ask, must act most wisely in this area, because many souls have foundered as a result of this, since despair, God forbid, is more harmful than anything else. Consequently, a person must fortify himself with the utmost determination to follow this pathway of looking for good points in himself again and again, in order to revive himself and to strengthen himself constantly. In this way, he will always be able to pray with eagerness, vitality, and joy, and he will truly return to Rabbi God. Nachman's stories, The Seven Beggars, The Fourth Day. The female bird built her nest near the other land. She, too, was close enough that they could hear her voice. At night, both of these birds begin to wail in a very loud voice. Each one wails for its mate. It is this sound of wailing that is heard in these two lands. When the people hear this wailing, they too all begin to wail. Therefore, they cannot sleep. The wise men did not want to believe me. Will you bring us there, they asked. Yes, I replied. I can bring you there. But you will not be able to come there. If you come close, you will not be able to tolerate the sound of the wailing. Even here you cannot stand it, and you are forced to wail along with the others. If you were there, you would not be able to stand it at all. It is also impossible to come there by day, since it is impossible to tolerate the joy that is there. By day, birds gather around each one of the pair, and they console each other and make it extremely joyful. The birds speak words of consolation, telling the pair that there is still a possibility that they will find one another. Therefore, during the day, it is impossible to tolerate the great joy that exists there. The sound of the birds who make them rejoice cannot be heard from a great distance, only when one is actually there. However, the sound of the pair's wailing at night can be heard at a very great distance. Because of all this, it is impossible to approach their place. Rebnussen's Letters, Year 1 Letter number 182 So you can understand for yourselves the great suffering, upset, and humiliation that all of us have had, especially the righteous Adol, may she live... On this occasion, too, we were forced to put out money in order to placate the governor and to keep him from putting me in jail, as he originally said he would. Later on, after Shabbat, we had to file a complaint. On Sunday, he released our imprisoned companions, who were found to have wounds, and he ordered the doctor to apply dressings. This, too, I do not need to tell you, costs money. Afterwards, the Mitnagdim beat another one of our companions, 
a poor destitute man, and we had to file yet another complaint. There has not yet been a single investigation or trial as a result of any complaint, but they are nonetheless effective because they serve to frighten them. If it were not for this, they would be killing us in public, God forbid. For as is known, it is now considered permissible to spill our blood. Later on that Sunday, all the Mitnagdim gathered and raised a large sum for wickedness from all their group and sat down to discuss what to do to me. They agreed on their evil plan and proceeded to bribe the authorities to have the state prosecutor file a complaint against me, stating that it has come to his attention that I am a false prophet, what they call sanogog, that I hold seditious meetings at my house and other such treacherous testimony. The prosecutor has already submitted a document to the police to this effect, and they wanted the governor and the local area police commander to sign it as well. I do not have to tell you how upset, scared, and distressed we were about this. We were all too overwhelmed and dispirited to do anything. But, in his mercy, God sent word to our friend Reb Shmuel Weinberg and his wife. They spoke at length with the official and succeeded in preventing him from signing the document. They also spoke briefly with another authority, and he withheld his signature as well. Rumor has it, that they have not sent the matter to Kamenetz, Kamenetz Podolsk, the seat of the High Court of the Podolia region at that time. But we do not know anything definite yet. Our hearts, and my heart in particular, are trembling inside us. Of Nussen's letters, year two. Letter number 441. With God's help, before dawn on Wednesday, Chayisara, 5604, Breslov. Let happiness and joy take over. To my dear beloved son, the learned Rabbi Yitzchak, may he live, along with all his children, may they live, and in particular to his son, my grandson, the distinguished young groom, David Svi, may he live. May the Lord of the heavens and the earth bless you with Mazal Tov, and may the match be a good one in this world and the next. May the blessing of the patriarchs see fulfillment in them. Genesis 28.3 May God Almighty bless you, multiply you, and make you numerous. May their young ones go forth, and may they be splendorous as olive trees. You, my dear grandson, David Svi, strengthen yourself determinedly from now on to be diligent in your studies. Put your head and all your thoughts into your studies, and do not ruminate, God forbid. Just think about other things. Strive every day to concentrate when you pray, evening, morning, and afternoon and accustom yourself to recite psalms daily. If you are too busy going to school to study, at least re recite a few chapters of psalms. Then, when you have time, you will say more. You will be fortunate indeed, my son, if you accustom yourself from your childhood and youth to walk in God's ways. Cast off the ways of your youth and guard yourself from doing any evil. Guard your mind vigilantly from thinking extraneous thoughts, God forbid. God willing, you will be here this coming Hanukkah with God's help, and I will speak with you face to face in accordance with your own good desire and initiative. I have related some further words for you to the deliverer of this letter, our friend, may his light shine. Be careful to always be joyful, but not through fighting and arguing with the other youths. Rather, be happy and rejoice with the happiness of a Jew 
in this world and the next, forever. Amen. May it be His will. My dear beloved Son, I received your letter. How overjoyed I was that God in His compassion has helped you. Here you see, my dear son, that God is still with you and with us. And that He is not abandoning you, God forbid. Therefore, fortify your heart and take courage. Constantly hope to God that He will continue to help you in whatever you need to be saved, physically, spiritually, and financially. Everything will turn into good through the power of the towering Aishel tree, who is the source of our vitality and upon whom we rely. The Rebbe's power is extremely great and mighty in this world and the next forever, and in his great kindness he will neither abandon us nor neglect us. Your eyes will witness wonders with God's help, as in you will marvel, and so will I, at the great and wondrous kindness that I will do for them. Shemot HaTzadikim, Giborei David, Yashav Am Ben Chachmoni, Elazar Ben Dodo HaAchochi, Avshai Achi Yoav, Benaya ben Yehoyada, Asael Achi Yoav, Elchanan ben Dodomi Bitlechem, Shamot Haharuri, Chelitz Haploni, Ira ben Ikesh Hatkoi, Avi Ezer Haantoti, Sibchai Hachushati, Eli Haachochi, Mahrai Hatin Hanetofati, Chelid ben Baana Hanetofati, Itai ben Rivai, Migivat bene Benyamin, Binaya hapiratoni, Churai minachle gaash, Aviel haarvati, Azmavet habacharumi, El yachba hashaalvoni, bene hashem hagizoni, Yonatan ben Shage haharari. Achiam ben Sachar Haharari, Elifal ben Ur, Chefer Hamacherati, Achia Haploni, Chetro Hakarmali, Naari ben Ezbai, Yoel Achi Natan, Mivchar ben Hagri, Tselek Haamoni, Nachrai Haberoti, Ira Hayitri, Garev Hayitri, Uriah Hachiti, Zavad ben Achlai, Adina ben Shiza Haruveni, Hanan ben Maacha, Yoshafat Hamitni, Uzia Haashterati, Shama Viel Benechotam Haro Eri, Yidiael ben Shimri, Yocha Achiv Hatitsi, Eliel Hamachavim, Yirivai Vioshavia bene el naam, Yitma hamoavi, Eliel, Oved, Yaasiel hamitsovaya. Rabnasan's prayers, 2. Prayer number 16 on Lakuti Moran 2, 15. Bring us and the entire Jewish people in honorable, worthy income. May the side of evil have no opportunity to seize hold of our income at all. Rather, may we attain good income with honor and ease with holiness and great purity, so that we will truly be in accordance with your good will. Make it possible for me to study your holy Torah and truly serve you with all my heart. May I not enter into matters that are greater and more wondrous than I can grasp. Rather, may I calm and quiet my soul 
like a child nursing from its mother. May my soul be like my suckling child. May I engage in Torah and prayer with a full mouth, so that among all of the worthy of people of Israel, I will cut off, destroy, and burn away all of the thorns and brambles that surround the supernal rose. May the liars and hypocrites who boast falsely have no power whatsoever to derive power from our speech. Burn away falsehood entirely and reveal the truth in the world. May the verse be quickly realized, A lip of truth shall be established forever, but a tongue of falsehood is merely for a moment. Kindness and truth have met, righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth will sprout from the earth, and righteousness will gaze down from heaven. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. It is for you that I have hoped all the day. Do not utterly separate a word of truth from my mouth, because I have hoped for your judgments. Hashem, may my prayer come before you at a time of favor. God, in your vast kindness, answer me in the truth of your salvation. Prayer number 17 on Likutei Moharan 2, 16. The eyes of all turn to you, and you give them their food in its time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of all living beings. Master of the world, give me income with honor before I need it, so that I will turn aside from evil and always do that which is good in your eyes, and always truly be in accordance with your good will. You know how much the need to earn a living diverts me, hinders me, and weakens my consciousness, so that I do not strengthen myself in serving you. Master of the world, I know that I am extremely far from earning a living honorably, because I have brought about so many blemishes that keep me away from you. I, have, I myself have compromised my actions and cheated myself of my income. I come to you, who are filled with compassion, like a poor person at the gate, like an indigent pauper begging from door to door, stretching out his hand and begging for an undeserved gift of loving-kindness. Solely in your vast compassion, solely in your mighty loving-kindness, be gracious to me. Send me my income from heaven. Provide me with all of my needs, and all of the needs of my family, and all who depend on me, and all who are connected to us before we are in need, because our eyes are lifted to you alone. Our eyes hope in you and turn to you alone. Master of the world, you transcend all cause and effect. In your vast compassion, you can bring about a chain of events for the good, so that income will come to us easily, without any distractions, difficulties, drudgery, or natural series of cause and effect. In your vast compassion, send us income easily and swiftly. May our livelihood come to us for the good with great ease. May we purify our income with great holiness. May our eating and drinking be so holy and pure that they will correspond to the incense offering. May our eating and drinking create beautiful words, blessings and praises to your great and holy name. And may these beautiful words rise and be bound with the king and make a crown for you. May we see this crown. As the verse states, Daughters of Zion, go forth and see King Solomon in the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding and on the day of the joy of his heart. May we see the king in his beauty. As the verse states, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. Do not delay our income. You can do everything. No purpose can be withheld from you. You can bring about a positive chain of cause and effect so that income will come to us with great swiftness, 
without any impediment at all, and without any drudgery, antecedent, or difficulty at all. And with this may we see the king in his beauty, in the crown with which his mother crowned him, which is composed of the beautiful words that are purified as a result of a person's holy income and holy eating. May the verse be realized in us, may he who redeems your life from the pit, he who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, satiate your mouth with goodness, so that your youth will be renewed like the eagle. Our Father in heaven, act for your sake, have compassion on us, and bring about a positive chain of cause and effect, so that income will come to us before we need it. Send us everything we need, honorably, easily, permissibly, in great holiness, and with tremendous breadth and ease. Keep us from incurring debts and loans. Help us quickly pay off all of our debts and loans and guard us from ever being in debt again. You know that having debts and loans greatly distracts us from even the little bit of true divine service that we are always preparing ourselves to begin. Have compassion on me and on us, our compassionate Father, you who sustain the entire world with your goodness, graciousness, loving-kindness, and compassion. Give us, all of our companions and all of the Jewish people, an honorable livelihood before we need it, so that we will not have to trouble our minds about income at all. Do not make us dependent on the gifts and loans of flesh and blood, but on your full, open, holy, and broad hand, so that we will never be ashamed or humiliated. May we purify our income with great holiness and purity, corresponding to the incense offering which gives joy to the heart. Bring us our righteous Mashiach quickly in our days. May he rule over us, over all of the Jewish people, and over the entire world. May the verse quickly be realized in us. Your eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They will see from a distant land, quickly in our days. Amen. May it be your will.